So welcome everybody. Today we have Denise as our guest and Denise coaches people about how to manage their minds around food because really most of us tend to do some amount of emotional eating. It just may or may not be noticeable. And I've been listening to her talks for, I don't know, a couple months now in this master's coaching group I'm in. And it's been so interesting because I did not think of myself as particularly an emotional eater, but it's given me a lot to think about in terms of how we have food fill a lot of other roles in our lives. So I'm just going to give the floor to Denise to take it away. And uh, you guys are welcome to ask questions, raise your hand. She'll kind of tell you how to get her attention. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Jen, so much for bringing me on. My name is Denise Jelinek, and I am a health, life, and weight loss coach. I primarily work with Christian women who struggle with emotional eating. I mean, the truth is, is that we all know what we want. We all know how to get there. And for some reason, we have these roadblocks. And so what I do is I help people remove those roadblocks one at a time. And what I find is that so often, and what I want to share with you today is what I like to call the results roadmap. Um, what I find is that there's three steps. There's we make a plan. Step two is we stick to a plan. And step three is we get results. And what I find is that so many people are starting in the wrong place. We know where we want to go. And so we just say that's where we want to go. And we look at creating plans to get results. Well, duh, doesn't that seem like it makes sense? But one thing that we forget is that step two is we actually follow the plan, <laughs> right? And so often we make these plans and we're unable to follow them. And then we feel like failures and we've got a whole bunch of mind drama. And so today I want to teach you how to make plans that you can stick to. And why do we stick to our plans? So we can have the results that we want. And so as we get going, if you have any questions, you can raise your little Zoom hand or you can put in a question in the chat. But I'm just gonna go with you, uh, through you what I teach a lot of my people and I hope that it will give you some framework from which to ask questions specific for your situation. So let me do this for about 10 or 15 minutes and then I can take some questions. And I know it'll probably take longer than 15 minutes because that's how I am. Hmm. So I'm going to pull up my little flippy chart here. Like I said, there's three steps. Number one, we make a plan. Number two, we stick to it. And number three, we get results. So many people start with number three in mind, but it's like this guy's being like, hey, I think I might want to go to Italy. Do we make a plan? Go to Italy. We just expect that it's we're going to be teletransported there. If we don't make a plan that we can actually stick to and actually afford. Okay. So let's that was like a horrible analogy. But let me just my I say that to remind you that we start with step number one, which is to plan. Now, what is a plan? A plan is something that's written down and not in our heads. If it's in your head, it's called a thought, a desire. So why do I have women write, write things down? 
is because then you know when you're on the plan or if you're not following the plan. If you're not, then you waste so much mental energy. Remembering the plan? Well, what did I say I was going to do? Well, I don't know. Because, I mean, who can remember all that? You've got enough to remember. Or negotiating and rationalizing. Well, I was going to have this, but if I switch this and or that mental calculator, calories in, calories out. Okay, well, listen, I know I said I was going to have crackers, but instead I think I might want to have sort of tortilla chips. Uh, maybe I want to just have like regular tortillas and it's kind of about the same. So you see, just write the plan down. Okay, now a lot of people also don't write a plan down because they're like, I don't know what I should put on my plan. And I want to challenge you. Um, here's one of the reasons we don't know what we should put on our plan is because we don't realize that we're creating what I like to call an easy to stick to meal plan. Have you guys ever thought of that? An easy to stick to meal plan because we can never have results if we don't learn how to make a plan that we stick to. I'm gonna say that again. You can never have results if we don't start with reality of what I can actually stick to. Follow me on this. We have a plan. Do I stick to it? Yes, awesome, I can stick to it. Am I getting the results I want? No, I'm not getting the results I want. Only there after you've learned this skill of making a plan that you can stick to, can you then modify that plan so you can get the results you want? So I like to say, am I making a plan? An easy to stick to meal plan. Well, how in the world do you do that? Well, what I teach the women I work with is that you plan two types of food. You guys ready for this? You have to plan food that you love. That makes it easy to stick to. And food that makes you feel really good about yourself. So if you feel really good about yourself with two Oreo cookies, put down two Oreo cookies. If you don't feel good about yourself with eight Oreo cookies or the whole sleeve of Girl Scout cookies, well, we're not going to plan that. But you know that you like two. So plan two. Now, what prevents us from actually doing that? One word. Shoulds. We're stuck in this diet mentality. We've been conditioned for years. To be like, oh, I shouldn't plan that. Oh, I shouldn't do that. And I like to say that should means shame. We're just shaming ourselves. Instead, I want you to start using the word could in place of should. And when you say the word could, there's another C word that goes with that. You know what that is? It's called choice. So when you're planning your lunch, you're like, I really should have a salad. Well, yeah, I could have a salad. And then you get to like, do you feel how your mood just lightens? And 
you'd be like, well, actually, I do want a salad. Oh, okay. It feels way different. I was coaching a woman this morning and I said, well, what do you like to have for lunch? And she said, a salad. And I said, awesome. Tell me about the salads that you like. And she's like, well, I like to have it with some ham and protein and I like bacon bits. And then she's like, oh, but I like ranch dressing. I was like, okay. And so her brain was telling her, oh, ranch dressing, I shouldn't have that. Okay, well, you could not have it. But what would make your plan easy to stick to? Like, if you planned ranch dressing, do you know you would stick with it? And she's like, yeah. This is what we're trying to do, friends. Create a plan and stick to it, which, which is the women that I work with. I say, like, for example, if I was working with Jen, I'd be like, you're going to Jen school. We're like learning all about Jen, like what Jen really wants, living in reality and truth. It doesn't mean she's going to eat ranch dressing her whole life. But for today, if it makes it easy to stick to a plan, why not? Because the thing is, is that if I can create a plan that's easy to stick to, you're going to get a result. It's probably better than the one you have now. And it definitely won't be shamey. And you're going to start to feel really good about yourself. And once you start showing up for yourself and creating trust with yourself, you can modify your, your plan because then you'll be, you'll be like, oh, I got step two down. So when we create that easy to stick to meal plan, we can follow it. Okay, so I want to tell you a couple shortcuts. One of the things that I think that makes it super easy, um, one of the reasons people don't make plans is because number one, they don't know what to plan. Well, I just told you how to get over that. Plan the food you like that makes you feel good about yourself. Okay, and then you also um, want to make it easy. So you're not like always making plans and always making plans. So I recommend that women make what I like to call a master meal plan which is for each meal, you just put two options. Option one, option two. And I start with this. Hey, what do you like to have for breakfast? And people would be like, oh, I really like blah, 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 blah. All right, that's option one. How about option two? Oh, I really like this and this and this. Great, that's option two. Now, I... Also recommend one other option that I like to call plan B, which is like, hey, if A and B don't work, like we're running out the door or option one and two don't work, we're running out the door. Like, let's say option one is eggs and option two is smoothie. What's plan B? Like something just happened and now we're just in emergency mode. And I find that option B are either something that you can stop and grab at a gas station or some emergency food that's already in your car. And if you don't have emergency food in your car, get emergency food in your car. And those might be like granola bars, that, granola or protein bars that you feel good about eating, um, some nut packs, some dried fruit, which I don't think there's any awesome dried fruit, but I'd say like a nut pack or something. Something that you're like, I'm on the go. And what we're trying to do is prevent 
eating food that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. That's silly, ladies. We don't do that. We don't do things that make us not feel good about ourselves. We're not talking about result. We're just talking about feeling great about yourself. So whatever that um, that plan B is, I know a lot of people like plan B, this one client of mine, her plan B is if she has to go through a gas station, she grabs yogurt, two hard boiled eggs, and I think they're like a cheese stick or something, whatever. Just something that you know, so there's zero mind drama. You don't have to love it. But it gets you through the other piece, which is not loving your decision. So food that's like, ah, okay, is way better than entering into the place of guilt and remorse. And I know that because I have such a long history with medicating myself with food and alcohol, and it feels horrible. I hate living in that place of not being able to stand the woman in the mirror. And so that's how I know guilt just sucks the life out of me, and I will avoid it at any cost. I'm feeling bad about myself. Like it's worth being late somewhere because I took care of myself because it feels horrible not doing that. It's worth a lot of other things that I put a priority on that really aren't that important. When I really look at the long-term effects, because if you guys think about it, I stop at a gas station and I take that five minutes. If I'm five minutes late to a meeting or 10 or 15 minutes, I'm 10 or 15 minutes late to a meeting. But if I drive through and I order food that I feel horrible about, how long do I have to live with those effects? Hours. Hours. And the only thing about being late to a 15 minutes late to a meeting is I'm afraid somebody might think I'm irresponsible. Right? We're just looking for other human approval. Okay, enough of that. Okay, so making the master meal plan. Um, and then finally, another hack. Oh, I already told you that. Plan the food that you love and plan food that makes you feel great. Common obstacle is diet mentality. Okay, cool. All right, so now we get to go to following the plan. Step two is I follow the plan. So if you follow the plan, yay! Some, you have made it. But what happens when you don't follow the plan? Yay! Some great information. That's all it is. And there's three reasons that people don't follow a plan. All it is is information. You guys, each day, and it doesn't mean anything if you don't follow your plan. Each day is an experiment. And your plan is kind of like your best guess. I don't know. Let's try this today. And if it doesn't go well, we get to look at what didn't go well. And change that. Okay, so the three things that typically why it didn't go well. Number one, you didn't plan food that you liked. You were in diet mentality. You're like, I should really use vinegar and oil. Who really likes vinegar and oil? I mean, really? I mean, I'm sure it's great. So you didn't, you weren't really honest with yourself on planning food that you love. You really would prefer a turkey sandwich and some chips. And then instead of a salad, okay? Oh, that's not a problem. So then the next day you just plan food that you really want to eat. 
so that you don't look at the plan and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like eating that. Okay. Anytime we have, okay. The second thing is you may have caught, you may have been planning what I like to call a chaos causing food. And the chaos causing food is a food that you frequently or often overeat, binge on, or it causes cravings. Let me say that again. A chaos causing food is a food that you frequently or often or always overeat, binge on, or it causes cravings. So these are foods that we either physically have a response to or emotionally have a response that makes it very difficult for you to have a reasonable amount planned because when you ingest them, you go off the rails. You can't stop eating them. They're causing chaos in your life. I help the women that I work with identify what those foods are. And for a period of time, we set those foods aside. They cannot be part of their plan. They choose that they're not part of their plan only when that woman chooses that because of the amount of pain and chaos they cause in their life. And I work with women who still ingest those chaos causing foods, but eventually the food's going to beat them down and they will stop ingesting them. Now, I just said for a period of time, why only a period of time? And I don't know what that period of time is, but what I do is I suggest, listen, this food is really causing chaos. This is how I would, I'm explaining it to you. Because there's certain foods for some women and they're not for all women. And they're not, I don't believe that like some people think flour and sugar are chaos causing for everybody. I don't believe that at all. But I think you have, individuals have their own individual foods. And we set those foods aside to remove that chaos from that woman's life so that then we can look at what else comes up. Because there's other things in our lives that we've been using food for. That gives us clarity to be able to follow a plan and so that we can really address the real issues. And so once that woman no longer needs that food to get through life and is relying on that food for comfort, once we learn how to get comfort in other ways and meet our needs in other ways, needs, meet our needs in ways that actually serve our needs, because as emotional eaters, depending on how deep you are in emotional eating, when I was deep into it, I thought every need, the answer was food. I'm uncomfortable food. I'm happy. Let's celebrate food. I'm sad. Food. I'm really mad at my husband. Food. My kids are driving me nuts. Food. Like I never really addressed issues. All I would do is eat. I don't feel like doing this food. So what we do is we start to learn new tools. Okay. And so once you have new tools to meet your needs, then we can start planning those foods in reasonable amounts and they no longer will cause chaos in your life. Okay. It's not forever, but it is a period of time. Okay. So that's, Number one is you didn't plan. So why you didn't follow a meal plan? Number one, because you didn't plan food that you actually like or want to eat. You were stuck in the sheds. Number two, you were eating chaos causing foods. 
but you didn't know, but now you know. So tomorrow you don't have to plan that food. Or number three, there's an obstacle. Okay, so what is an obstacle? An obstacle is I'm walking down a sidewalk, I fall in the hole. I'm walking down a sidewalk, I fall in the hole. I'm walking down the sidewalk, I fall in the hole. And you guys know what your holes are. Three o'clock when the kids come home or after 7 p.m., you know what these holes are. And so we can either, we need to create an obstacle plan, which means either A, we avoid the obstacle, which means we, how do we go down a different street? And I'll give you an example in a second. Go down the different street, go down a different sidewalk. Or if I'm gonna take that sidewalk, how do we overcome it? How do we walk around the hole? We're gonna walk around the hole. Okay, so for example, I have this one client who would plan her food and then she hated to cook. So at dinner time, it would be time to cook. She had a newborn or like an eight month old. So she wasn't feeding a child that wasn't related to her food. And her husband just didn't care as much. So anyway, come dinner time, she would be like, oh, I don't really feel like cooking that planned meal. And so she would just like order out or do a million things, you know, other than that, and then feel horrible about herself. So the question was, all right, well, how can you prevent that from happening? New sidewalk. So she came up with a couple suggestions. She was like, well, I could either A, have my husband cook it because her husband likes to cook and he doesn't mind. And they were like some sort of like prepared meal thing that you just had to cook it. She's like, or I could have a meal service that I could just heat up the meal or I could order out healthy takeout. Okay. That's how you go down a totally different sidewalk where you're not in the kitchen or putting yourself responsible for cooking that. This might have be something you can relate to, but I think you get the gist. I was like, okay, interesting. So what now is a, a way that you can overcome this? Like if you find yourself not walking down a different sidewalk, you're still walking down the sidewalk like, okay, I have, I've chosen to cook this meal. How can you walk around the hole? And she was like, so to make it easier for herself, she decided that she would light a candle, put on a podcast and psych her brain up. It's, I was like, well, how long would it take for you to cook this meal? 15 minutes. So she's like, I know I can get through 15 minutes, you know, just really psyching up her brain. But you might have a different obstacle that you um, encounter. You guys can either put it in the chat or you can come on and we can even talk about it. So here's the thing is step number three. So this is for anything. Make an easy to stick to meal plan. Easy to stick to. Once you stick to it, then you can go to number three. I mean, because isn't that the truth? We are at our destination. Make the plan. Did I stick to it? Yes. Did I get the results I want? Yes. And those results are usually three things. I usually want to enjoy my food. I usually want to have the energy that I want. And I want to be at the weight that I want. I mean, that's all women want. We want to like what we're eating, feel good, and look good. So if you're getting those results, fine, awesome. Destination achieved. Keep doing what you're doing. 
if you're not getting those results, that's when you get to modify the plan that you've been sticking to. But if you don't even have something that you know you love already, you can't know what variables to modify. Maybe you're like, huh, I'm ready to change and not have ranch dressing. Maybe I'll try a new kind of dressing. Maybe I'll make my homemade avocado ranch or something, something, something. But you've started from a place that's lovely, that's fun, instead of a shamey place that doesn't work for you. So I wanted to share that with you. And I think I gave you a lot of the, the nuggets that I work with with women. Um, but I want to hear from you. So I'm going to open it up for Q&A. You can put it in the chat. Or if you want to come on, you, we can actually talk. And all you have to do is raise your little Zoom hand or unmute yourself. Are you making a plan for yourself right now? If not, is that something that you'd like to try to do? All right. Come on, Lisa. Hey. Um, so yeah, I love that idea about eating foods you like. Do you have do you make any recommendations about like a certain amount of protein? Or I guess I'm interested in your second result thing, like having enough energy to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, assuming you, you've done your plan, you know, you can trust yourself, you can stick to a plan, but you just, you just don't have enough energy to do what you need to do. Do you then, yeah. What do you say about that? Yeah. So do you feel like you've already done step one and step two? Somewhat. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I definitely <laughs> chaos causing foods. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great one. Um, mostly I find since there's only three of us in the house, I can keep chaos foods out of the house. I'm not dealing with a lot of, <laughs> if they're not on the counter, then they don't cause me problems. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. And I, just because I'm a little bit lazy, I do tend to only have one or two options for different meals, try to do a few more for dinner. Um, for me, I, I do struggle with sugar a bit. I talked to Jen about this a little bit. Um, I used to have a huge sweet tooth and now I just don't tolerate sugar very well. So, um, I crash pretty easily. If I have too much sugar, I have to mix it in with other things. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't figured out, I guess that, um, yeah, my question is on the, the diet side of things, the reason why, I guess one of the reasons why I think diets became a, a thing is that some people figured out, oh, what do you know? These certain foods are actually what I need to give me energy and I need to have this right balance and stuff. Uh -huh. um, but then it's kind of different for everybody. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. So yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. How do, how do you coach people through that? Do you just do you help them look back at what they've done and they say, oh, I had pancakes with syrup for breakfast and then I just crashed and had to nap in the middle of the day. Um, yeah, do, do you just kind of analyze what they did and look back and try to find the root cause? Okay, so a uh, couple things. Did you plan to have 
You just said some really interesting things. So I would say, did you plan pancakes and syrup? First of all. And so yes. and <laughs> let me also say that my, my philosophy on nutrition is that not one thing works for one person all the time through their whole life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's super easy if you have a written plan. <laughs> And the more specific your written plan, like in the beginning, when you're writing a plan, it can be super general, like pancakes and syrup. And then as you become more into it and you're like, I love pancakes and syrup. I love pancakes and syrup. I love pancakes and syrup. You might want to be more specific. Like I'm going to have half a cup of syrup and two pancakes or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. um, the other thing you said is the word analyze. And sometimes I think we like to use our brains and analyze everything when we can just go like this. What do I think? Like, what do I intuitively know? And your body's going to tell you. And I don't mean like to be woo-woo. I just really believe that intuitively, if you know you crashed with sugar, you knew it was the pancakes and syrup. But go through, what are you, um, where's your brain like? I don't know, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I guess that's what I mean by analyze is to look at like, well, there are different causes for it. Like, so if you simply know pancakes and syrup are not a good way for me to start my day, I just shouldn't do it at least for a period of time. And then you say, but it's so cozy and homey. And I remember having pancakes when I was a little girl and I want to do that for my family. And so you get into the other reasons for why you keep doing this thing yeah and here's the thing is I love going from the place of should like ah to I could have it and I don't know um if any of you are celebrating advent right now but I have a feeling more than one of you are so I want to share with you how this whole the all of this discussion relates to advent especially Um, especially for you, Lisa, because you're right here and you were courageous enough to ask. But in the Catholic faith and maybe all faiths, we believe that Advent is a time when we bring Christ's light into the world, right? During this time of preparation, we're slowly adding light to the world. And I believe, I'm not a theologian, I'll just say that, but I believe that where there's Christ's light, there's truth. And for the women that I work with, truth looks like two different things. Number one is acceptance. Acceptance of what? Acceptance of reality. This is just the way things are. And also awareness. But I wanna get to this piece over here that says truth. Acceptance of reality. So you can just say, I like pancakes and it's so cozy and I love it and it's great and that's what I want and that's what I value. I love feeling that. 
It makes me feel so loved. Knowing that I'm going to crash. And there's going to be a point where you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like knowing that this is what I'm setting myself up for. Why do I keep doing that? And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're in that situation now. Well, it's interesting. Jen was just saying in the chat, like trying to find an alternative um, that still gives you that happy, happy feeling about it. And I, I actually, I actually did with regard to pancakes. There are other things I haven't figured out, but I did finally figure out how to make pancakes that I don't crash on. Like they have fats really help me balance sugar. So they have a lot of coconut oil in them. They have eggs, they have milk and they have oats. So they've got like some heavy grains and, and fats and the egg has some protein yeah. and somehow that balanced it so that I can still have, you know, like you said, limited, like two, maybe three pancakes. Um, because the mix is more balanced. I just can't use the store mixes anymore. And I think, yep, what you were saying about accepting the truth and accepting the fact that your body changes, like accepting that when I was little or even in college, I could eat these things and it felt great and I could use it as energy for the day. And now I can't. And maybe, I mean, I, I have less challenges this way than some of these moms who have a lot of kids because I only have one. Um, but accepting the fact that you're going to be making food for your family that works for them and you might have to eat something different because it doesn't work for you anymore. Yes. Yes. I love, I love that piece of acceptance and self-care. And for all of you who are listening to this, I don't eat the same dinners in my family. I don't care. We sit down at the table and I had a lot of mind drama about that for a while. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not showing them an example. But it's how I take care of myself. And if I want to eat a portion or some of what they're eating, then I do. But it's okay to not eat the same food as our family and sit at the table and we can all still be really bonded. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I live in acceptance of reality. And what's Denise Jelinek's reality? My reality is I have, I'm an emotional eater. And it's very important for me to make a plan and to not trigger myself. And so I make a plan that keeps me safe. Just like you said, Lisa, what makes me feel good for my body? And protecting that. I'm not putting rules on other people, what they need to eat. This is just what's best for me. And what I truly believe is when we give God that willingness and surrender to be like, okay, Lord, well, I'm going to stop living in shoulds of this is the way my family should be. And I'll just accept the truth about my own body and the way I need to take care of myself. I think he just showers us with so many gifts, so many gifts, because we're living in his truth. We're living in truth, which is Christ's light. And we're not shaming ourselves of we shouldn't be this way. I'll tell you, that's the number one thing I see women having a hard time accepting themselves. We have so many rules on how we should be, how we should act, how our family should be. 
Let's just stop shitting all over ourselves and just accept where we are. Did you guys know that if you ever say like, oh, I'm so irritated or I'm so angry or I'm so frustrated with blah, 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 blah. It's actually a stress response. You guys have heard of fight or flight. That's the fight part of fight or flight, that stress response. And on the outside, it might sound like, oh, I'm so irritated, I can't have pancakes. I'm so irritated that blah, 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 blah. The kids are noisy, or I'm so irritated. But do you guys know what we're really fighting? We're fighting reality. And if we can drop into acceptance of reality and stop fighting reality, we don't have to feel in charge of changing it. Or we can see where we do have choice, where we do have control. That was a little side note. Okay, so back to you, Lisa. And the, and the pizza and the pancakes. So you found yeah. a way to get the same result, which is I love my food and I feel cozy and warm. Yay. Mm-hmm. And your energy is staying up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I do a quick follow-up question? Um, we were talking about how cooking different foods for your family. Um, it just came into my mind. Like I grew up in a family where, you know, mom made stew for dinner. Everybody eats the stew. If you complain about the stew, that's a problem. You're supposed to just eat what you're given, blah, blah, blah. If, where's the balance between, look, I know that my kids should, should have X, Y, Z type things. It's normal and good, but I need to eat this stuff. Am I setting an example for my kids about being picky? to where they're going to turn around and be like, oh, well, but I need X, Y, Z, or I can only eat this, or I can't eat the common food of the family. Where's the balance there? I mean, I can see on the good side, Mm -hmm. hopefully you're setting your kids up for saying, I do need to listen to my body. And I do need to tell mom if something turns my stomach or whatever. How do you find the balance between picky eaters? Okay. So you feel like you currently have a picky eater? Um, not too bad because I mostly, I mean, with just the three of us, like I I just make things that we all like. And so maybe I need to work on broadening our palates a bit. No, I think you're, I think what you're doing is working number one. And I think Mm -hmm. what we're going to do is get off the time machine. Mm -hmm. We're going to get out of the time machine ah, and stop living in the future. And look at what's my problem now. If my problem Mm -hmm. is just a fear of blah, 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 blah. Is there an issue now that I need to address or is my Mm -hmm. issue in the future? So Mm -hmm. let me ask you that. Are you having Mm -hmm. a problem now or are you just worried about something? Hmm. Yeah, I... I don't think, I, I think I'm not dealing with the problem now. I'm thinking about the future because huh. right now I just don't bring foods into the house that I think would be a problem. 
which is kind of just avoiding the problem. It's not actually, it's like you said, it's going down a different sidewalk. It's not actually skirting the hole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're going down a different sidewalk. That's awesome. And when you are ready or if, if there becomes a need where that solution doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. then you will come up with a new way to handle it. And mm-hmm. maybe it will be, hang on, I want to say two things. This is for everybody listening. Ask yourself, am I having a problem now or am I just worried about it? If I'm just worried about it, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Unless you're looking at facts and evidence that there's issues now. So mm-hmm. let's get out of the time machine and deal with the future or the present. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that you said, I'm not really addressing the issue. I'm just avoiding it. But it sounds like you are problem solving. It sounds like you're doing this. You're not bringing in foods that you know cause you problems. That sounds like you are addressing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. It's not... Um like uh what's the word continence versus like actual virtue like actually having the virtue of moderation where you can walk by the bowl of chips and not eat the whole thing like i mean if you know you're not there then you just don't have the bowl of chips out (laughs) yeah but why would i knowingly know that i've got a problem with fudge that's my issue (laughs) and and continue to tell my mother-in-law to make me pounds and pounds of fudge Mm-hmm. why would I just yeah. not ask my husband to be like hey can you just tell your mom that I don't want to eat that anymore mm-hmm. like why do I have to put a cigarette in front of a smoker who's trying yeah. to quit yeah that sounds like we're making you guys here's the thing having a hard life doesn't make you more virtuous making life harder there's no blue ribbon for the hardest life. Like, in fact, sometimes I'm just like, how can I do this the easy way? And it sounds like that's what you're doing. And don't you have more peace in your mind and in your soul when you do things the easy way? Yeah, you just have to, you don't have to spend as much time thinking about food, which is kind of nice. Yes, because did God create us to um, think about food all day? No, I was coaching a woman this morning who's like, I don't see how the, you know, that process, the one, two, three. She's like, I just can't believe it can be that easy. And I was like, the Lord's ways are simple and peaceful. Done. If it's simple and peaceful, that's his way. He doesn't complicate things. But Lisa, it just sounds like you need to trust yourself and be okay. I'm assuming that you maybe you grew up in a house where maybe your mom was kind of a murder and like overworked. And so for you to have an easy life feels like unfair or like you're not doing it right not true it's totally okay for your life to feel easy 
Because the truth is, and I'm not saying you think your life feels easy, but I want all of you to know that your life can feel easy. Because having an easy life has nothing to do with what's actually happening in your life. It's all about your perception. You could walk into my life right now and be like, oh, this is hard, that is hard, this is hard. And it would probably be different things than what I think are hard. And the things that I think are hard, you'd be like, oh, that's a piece of cake, piece of cake. Anyway, I totally got off there as well. So what else is coming up for you, Lisa? Well, I don't want to take it if other people have questions, but- um, Yeah, other people can raise their hands if they want to come on. Okay, well- Thanks. Um, I real I'm really intrigued by what you said about um, the lady who light, lit a candle and um, turned on a podcast to make the atmosphere more pleasant for her. Mm-hmm. I love that because that's more addressing what you were saying. Like you eat for other reasons than what's actually good for you to ingest. Like you want to have a comfortable and peaceful atmosphere. You want to look forward to what you're doing. And sometimes you need to change your environment to make that happen. Um, so yeah, so you were, you were noting different ways you could be irritated um, in yourself. You, you had that list. It was great about like, I'm unhappy about this or I'm happy about that. And just needing to find um, the juice. Yes, I'm just you need to wait. I'll be there. I can get it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, just needing to find other, I don't know. It's, it sounded like what you were saying is make your life richer. Like when food is always what you turn to, if you're very happy, it's how you celebrate. If you're very unhappy, it's how you comfort yourself. Like, uh-huh. um, yeah, I'd love if, if you could, uh, explore that a little more like what are other ways to to make your life richer (laughs) so if you go to lisa school and you can start doing this lisa and Mm -hmm. what i have is the women that i work with um they write down a list of 30 things that bring them pleasure 30 things because one of the reasons why we use food is because it works it releases that dopamine hit or that dopamine, so we have that dopamine hit, it makes us feel good and it's fast. So what I help women do is start to create what's called a pleasure diet, to start giving their brains experiences that are pleasurable so that they start to not have such a deficiency that food is like the quickest, easiest way. Okay. Although you'll, you're, you, you'll have probably developed some habit loops, but this is, let me just talk about the pleasure. So if you find 30 things that bring you pleasure and these don't have to be expensive and they don't have to take time. For example, 30 things that bring me pleasure is putting on lipstick, putting mascara on, maybe ear, no, earrings don't bring me pleasure. I only do that because I have this. Um, uh, fluffy socks, a blanket on my lap, love candles. I like to add a little bit of this, um, 
this thing to my water because all plain water doesn't feel great to me for some reason as I get older. Um, soft instrumental music, love, makes me just feel really great. Um, I love a specific pen. I have them all around. It makes me really happy. I also like specific legal pads. Um, I'm just trying to think of like the pleasure items around me right now. But that's what it is. It's like, what does Sarah love? What makes Sarah's... You can think of it like you feel your mood lighten, just to, like one notch up. Well, nothing dramatic, but you can also notice it and start to detect things from things that make your energy go down. So for example, and this is what I believe that self-care is not so much what you do as an attitude. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. Self-care is not so much what you do as it is an attitude. So for example, like right now, I know if I walk in my bedroom, my energy's gonna go on because the bed's not made. So making the bed is like a self-care thing because I can feel like my energy lift. Oh, here's another one. Um, I know today because I'm living in reality, I am not going to get to the laundry that's in the basket. It's clean, it's in the basket. But I'm not going to fold it. I mean, that's just the truth. So when I go downstairs in a little bit, I'm going to put it back in the dryer so I don't see it. Because seeing it, I can feel my energy go down. You might notice that taking two extra minutes to clean off your counters feels you makes you feel better. Maybe decluttering a drawer. Set a timer for seven minutes or 12 minutes. And you can be like, oh, it's just so fun. It lightens your mood. It's interesting. Emotional eaters become very organized because they start <laughs> doing things instead of eating. They're teaching themselves new ways and, and distracting themselves. So it doesn't have to be like, try a new hobby. It's just, what it, how can you make everyday life a little bit more fun? And I recommend that women do three things every day. And those three things could take up 30 seconds. Maybe it's put hand lotion on. Hmm? How about that? When's the last time you put hand lotion on? Does that make sense? Does that help? Mm-hmm. Look at yeah. you. You're already thinking about stuff. I can tell it. Like your mood is like, yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I love something you said in the little, the five minute clip that Jen sent around before about um, only eating when you can sit down to eat. I think that's what you said. Like not, not eating on the run. Um, I do not eat on the road, but I don't eat only when I can sit down, I intentionally stop life. And I quiet, I ask the Lord, I'm like, please quiet my humanness because my humanness wants to get more done and be super mom. <laughs> but where is that? Is that living in the acceptance that I am an emotional eater and I need to eat my planned meals 
So I stay safe. Mm -hmm. And you said something about eating more slowly too. Yeah, so there's three rules that I try to, not rules, but guidelines that help women. Um, number one, chew your food 20 or more times. It's great for digestion anyway, but it slows you down. Number two, empty your hands between bites. So you're not holding the burrito or, you know, <laughs> the chips or the water. Just empty your hands, slows you down as well. And then also not putting more food in your mouth until your mouth is empty. I do want to tell you guys, if you need to find, I feel like we haven't really talked about this, but if you need to find me, um, you can go to turn to God, not food.com and find me there. And then, um, so I work one-on-one -on -one with women, but I also run groups, um, for Catholic moms in a company called made for greatness. And you can reach out to me, my at Denise at no, I'm sorry. I forgot what it was. Denise, your trainer at gmail.com. That's the one I know is actually working. I'm having email issues. So let me just say, uh, turn to God, not food.com or Denise, your trainer at gmail.com. Thanks, Jen. I know we're getting close to time. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. <clears throat> Anybody else have any have any questions? I know Christina's been kind of in and out, maybe internet stuff, but but thank you so much. And I'll put the um I'll put the audio on the podcast so more moms will hear it that way and maybe reach out to you through your email. Yeah. So it's a lot to think about. Thank you. Yeah. Just know wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Number one, just working on acceptance. But this is just where you are. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with where you are right now. Thank you for this opportunity, Jen. Thanks for coming. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Take care.